This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports really, and even some non-sports cards too. On top of that, every raw card receives the same hand grading that collectors have put their trust in for over 15 years. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com auctions and check it out for yourself. What's up, everyone? This is episode 192 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Well, uh, the NBA, as you guys know, is in full swing now, so I hope you've enjoyed watching your respective teams so far. Uh, I know I've really enjoyed watching the Pacers, even with them tanking or uh, roster expansion or whatever they want to call it. And to be honest, last year was just brutal, and I wasn't looking forward to this season at all, but I like having games on. I like the routine. I like having something to look forward to, you know, after a long day of work. Uh, and, And it's weird because, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for losses here, but they've had some good games despite the losses And they've been exciting to watch, especially rookie Benedict Matherin. And now I have a little dilemma where I have to decide what cards of his to pursue throughout the course of the year. And I won't spoil too much now. I want to save that for the main segment. So you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. Maybe you're in a similar dilemma. Uh, Before I get there, though, I'm going to go straight into the mail this week. I don't have a lot of extra stuff for you. Um, It was a pretty good mail week so far. And one that didn't break the bank, which it's always good to have one of those. Um, So now the break the bank portion will probably come next week. I've had a few nice wins here, but uh, I'm going to celebrate this cheaper mail week for the time being. And um, there's one package, though, that I want to talk about real quick before I get into my purchases. And you might have even seen me post about this on Instagram. But last week I was, you know, browsing card content as usual, and I came across someone talking about uh, a company called Slab Guards or a product called Slab Guards. And this wasn't the first time I had heard of them. I'd I'd seen these before and I remembered Chris from House of Jordan's podcast talking about them years ago. Well, I, you know, I've not had a lot of graded cards, but slowly I have accumulated some. And um, so I was looking at these and basically it's a thin plastic shell that locks around your graded card to help protect it. And it also takes place of the graded card bag. I was thinking, you know, it might be nice to try some of these out, maybe get an SGC one for my 57 Russell rookie. So I reached out to SlabGuard on Instagram and asked them where, you know, where all can I purchase these? Because I saw them on eBay, so I wasn't sure. And uh, they asked me how many I needed. I said I just wanted a few to try them out. And they were kind enough to send me some for free. Uh, I offered to pay for shipping. They wouldn't let me. You know, you guys know I, I don't do a lot of product placement stuff. And even when they shipped them to me and gave me the tracking number, they never said, you know, before they sent them off to me, hey, you know, can you talk about these on on your show? It was nothing like that. But um, I appreciate the fact that they sent those to me. And I do think it's a cool little product. So I decided I want to talk about them a little bit anyway uh, and maybe share something with you that might fill a need that you have. If it's not a need that you have, then, you know, life goes on. 
Uh, but anyway, thanks again to the guys over at SlabGuard. All right, the rest of the mail, though, was actual purchases, and I've got three of them that I'm pretty excited to share with you today. And the first card was a 2004-2005 Topps Finest Black Refractor of David Harrison, number to 29. And I realize this portion of the mail could seem a little repetitive because I've talked about David on the show before. In fact, I've talked to David on the show before. You know, I haven't had a lot of player guests on, but um, those of you that have been me with me for a while might remember he was my first player interview. So I'm always thankful to him for that. But David was the player I chose to collect when Ron Artest was suspended and subsequently pulled from the remainder of 2004 releases. And then I've also talked uh, some about 2004 Finest on the show, because to me, I think it's an important set in the history of the hobby, and especially an important set in the 2000s, because it's kind of like the OG Prism. Uh, we never, up to that point, really had a Chromium set with that many parallels. If you count each of the four printing plates as different parallels, which a lot of the online checklists do, there was something like 18 parallels for every player in the set, which was unheard of back then. Uh, but it was a lot of fun for player collectors to chase. And, you know, back in 2004, I wasn't as interested in refractors. I've kind of always been a patch guy, but I have slowly been picking them up and, and trying to catch up all these years later. And um, this black refractor is one that I've had on my watch list for a long time. I've made several offers. Uh, I was doing the, the famous loser scroll through my watch list. I don't know if that's the, the phrase I want to use for that, but uh, I've described it before where you lose a card and you want to buy something else out of spite, right? So if I lose out on an auction, you better believe I'm going through that watch list and probably something else is getting purchased. And uh, so I saw this David Harrison card and I realized the seller had finally dropped the price to something like $13 shipped. So I went ahead and I grabbed it. Now, the second item I purchased was a 2012 Leaf Metal, that's right, a, a 2012 Leaf product, Leaf Metal uh, Blue Variation of Daryl Dawkins, the autograph numbered to 25, which uh, was also pretty cheap. It cost me just a little bit over $10 shipped. And I think this is a, another good indicator of how some of my collecting tastes have changed. I had zero interest in this card back in the day, uh, even though I did actually buy um, a pack, or I don't know how to describe it. I think they were little like cardboard sleeves that Leaf Metal came in. Uh, but I, I bought one of those back in the day, but I had zero interest in this Daryl Dawkins. Number one, because his uniform was photoshopped. And then number two, I got his autograph myself at an event in Charlotte. I've talked about that on the show too. You know, years ago, my thinking was, why would I need another autograph? I got one on my own that I saw him sign. But lately I've got into inscription autos and Dawkins inscribed all of these Leaf autos with his nickname Chocolate Thunder. And even though his jersey was photoshopped, it does have a pretty cool photo from the playoffs. Um, I found the original photo where he's standing over Larry Bird. And maybe I'll have to uh, post this on social media. I know for sure I'll get it on YouTube. But he's standing over Larry Bird. Now, Larry Bird is cropped out of this card. But they did leave another defender in clear sight. Another prominent defender in clear sight. Uh, Pete Maravich. And I don't figure they meant to leave him in there, but um, he's there. I don't think it adds any value to the card, but it's cool nonetheless. Um, so I'll make sure to get that one up so you can see it. Um, all right, and then finally, package number three. This one's from a set that's come up a couple times on the show lately. 
uh, one that I'm slowly collecting, very slow. It contained a 2013-2014 Panini Innovation Statline Prime Patch of Kevin Durant, number 21 out of 25. And this was from a November 2013 game that the Thunder won um, against the Warriors by one point. And even though the stat line for Kevin Durant is listed on the front of the card, I wanted to know a little bit more about the game itself. So I looked it up online, and it turns out that the Thunder won on a Russell Westbrook game winner, which probably, you know, well, seems like an improbable concept in the present day. I don't want to just pile on Westbrook, though. But uh, anyway, this is a Durant patch, and I was more than happy to add it to my collection. It's a game-dated patch of one of the league's greatest players of all time in the $50 range. You really can't beat that. All right, before I move into today's main segment, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www waxmuseumpodcast.com. Click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. Hey everybody, Boston Steve here, the Northeast correspondent checking in from the city of a winning basketball team, and you are listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Okay, so as I alluded to in today's introduction, I currently find myself in a predicament that I really haven't been in before. And, you know, I guess it's a good problem to have, but Pacers rookie Benedict Matherin, I'm sure you've heard by now, you've seen it by now, he has been so good at the start of this season. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that I've never been this excited about a Pacers rookie. And granted, they haven't had a lot of top picks, uh, but even Paul George, and Paul George was a 10th pick, but he didn't start out like this. Um, It took him a few seasons to really establish himself. Benedict Matherin, though, is the real deal, and I feel pretty confident in saying that. Uh, I don't feel like it's it's one that's going to, you know, necessarily trail off toward the end of the year. I I feel very good about where he's at right now. So, you know, hey, I've I've got a rookie that's exciting to watch to be excited about. So some of you might be wondering, why is that a predicament for me? And that's a good question. But due to the current state of basketball card manufacturing. Matherin barely has any cards out, Uh, and the truth of the matter is, collecting a current rookie is not easy, and it looks a lot different than it did a handful of years ago. So what I want to do for you today is to maybe um, to establish that context here, and to kind of compare the two eras of manufacturing when it comes to rookies. And for lack of a better term, I'm going to label the two eras pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Now, mind you, I think Panini was already slowly declining in quality in the years leading up to the pandemic, but I think that that moment in time makes for a pretty accurate dividing line between the way things used to be and then the way that things are today. So I'm going to compare the two eras for rookie cards. I want to talk about the limited options that are available for 2022 rookies right now, and yes, I know it's early. And then I want to talk through my options and my tentative game plan for collecting Benedict Matherin moving forward. And then maybe if you find yourself in a similar situation, we can kind of work our way through this thing together. Okay, so let's jump in the hobby DeLorean and make a short trip back to 2017, just five years ago, right? Doesn't seem like that long, although in the hobby, that's an eternity. 
And I looked up Beckett's release calendar from 2017, 2018, and counted somewhere around 32 products for the season. So I'm definitely not going to name all of them and go through all of them, but there are some that I want to highlight just for context. So let's go back to draft night in June of 2017, where, you know, let's say you're really interested in Bulls rookie Lori Markinen. And yes, uh, that actually was a thing in 2017. And and hey, I should note here, you know, I say that like he has been. He's been putting up some pretty good numbers right now for the Jazz. But um, let's say you were excited about Bulls pick Lori Markinen. What were the options? If you were really, really impatient, you could order his draft night card from Panini Instant. Uh, I think that was the second year of their program for basketball. So it was still pretty early. Um, so you could do that. But you probably wouldn't, because back then everyone knew to be patient because there was a steady release calendar and we didn't have to worry too much about things not getting made. Uh, case in point, only 97 people ordered Lori Markin cards on draft night. And if you think I'm just cherry picking an obscure name here, they made 260 for Jason Tatum. Uh, the big winner that night was Lonzo Ball, who had 1,251 printed. So, like I said, very few people ordered those uh, because they didn't need to. And then on top of that, the quality of Panini Instant was, and still is, kind of flimsy. And I should add, there were other instant releases throughout the summer, including one immediately following the rookie photo shoot in August. Uh, from there, you pretty much waited until October, because they were still releasing some of the previous year's products anyway, uh, Prism Draft did not come around until 2019, so that wouldn't have been something on your radar at that point. But um, you did get some college stuff come October because that yielded Contenders Draft Picks, and then you got NBA Hoops. Now, Contenders I stayed away from because I didn't like college products. I still don't like college products. Um, and I knew that the pro stuff would come pouring in. Now, I did purchase a couple Blasters of Hoops, though, because it was always the first pro product and it was nice to scratch the itch. Um, which, and I actually bought some hobby boxes of hoops from year to year, um, you know, just to get that, that first product out of the way. I don't rip a lot of wax though, but, um, you know, when hoops came out, if, if you wanted on-card rookie autos though, you still held out because they were coming soon. You didn't have to settle for a sticker auto if you didn't want one. Uh, in the meantime, you know, generally you had Donruss and Prism in November, Prism came out early enough in the season, you know, we didn't exactly know which rookies were bust and which ones would break out. Hey, you know, you're looking for Laurie Markkinen, and he had a couple nice games early on in that 2017 campaign. Well, his silvers hovered around the $75 range early on, which was a lot in 2017. Uh, December, though, marked one of my favorite releases for rookies, Court Kings, because it had on-card fresh ink autos with that nice canvas-like surface. Um, I think those switched to stickers finally in 2018. But in 2017, they were still on card. It had jumbo patches from the rookie photo shoot, which were also, um, you know, eliminated around that time. But they did have them in 2017 and then Letterman patches. And then they had different tiers or levels of rookie cards in the base set. Uh, and the price point was really good too. I want to say it was somewhere around $65 a box. And yes, you know, everything was cheaper then, but Relative to a lot of other products, I thought it was a pretty good deal even then, and, and if you were into group breaking, it, it was pretty cheap to buy into. Now, in my mind, that was the point of the release calendar when things really picked up. We already had a handful of Panini staples to get us going to kind of whet people's appetite with some actual, you know, substantial cards, right? 
And um, things were real steady from there. We got totally certified, absolute. We got revolution in January, um, select in March, which was a hobby exclusive then. Optic also came around, although it wasn't anywhere close to a premium chromium product. You know, that was only year two for Optic. Uh, as we went throughout the year, we had National Treasures in May with player-worn RPAs. We had Spectra in July. Um, think about it. Spectra just came out for for our current season, or for our current hobby release previous season, however you want to phrase that. It's confusing. And uh, then we closed out the season in October with Immaculate and Flawless, the latter of the two featuring game-worn relics. Now, remember, that was all um, 2017, right? Where We went in the hobby DeLorean back then. Uh, now, maybe you want to purchase some of that 2017 stuff, or maybe you're just looking for a spot to buy cards in general. I want to interrupt for a moment and remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com, your home for buying, selling, and flipping all types of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 28 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time, ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. For more info, you can check them out on social media under the handle at CheckoutMyCards. All right, so I didn't want to go into too many details when looking back at the release calendar from five years ago, but there are some key differences today that make collecting rookies very difficult. So now we're back in present day. Okay, We, we have traveled back to the current time. And we just learned that 2022-23 hoops won't be out until sometime after January 6th, um, which is not a good day uh, for many reasons. Now we've got one more reason that that day sucks. Um, I should also add that 2021 Mosaic just got pushed back to January 25th. So basketball card releases are going to get real confusing here real fast. And even if we ignore the mosaic part and look at just hoops, that means we're getting our first new pro release three months into the season. And, you know, I recognize that there's a series of events over the last few years that have gotten us to that point. We had a pandemic. We had a market boom. There were supply chain issues. Uh, Panini found out that they're going to lose the pro license to Fanatics. NIL deals became a thing. You know, it's not 2017 anymore. I understand that. So... As I mentioned earlier, I'm really excited about Benedict Matherin, right? And this isn't an obscure rookie either. He was the sixth pick in the draft, but I don't have a lot of choices right now. So real quick, let me run you through what's already out there. Just so, you know, if you're in a similar situation, here here might be some things that you have. Um, let's start with the unlicensed stuff. He's got a few cards in one of the wild card sets, um, but no autos for him in that product that I've seen. And to be honest, those cards are hideous. Sorry, Jason, uh, my good friend Jason, small town. He loves wildcard. Um, I get it. It's a cheap price point. You know, whatever makes you happy. I, they're hideous to me, though. So um, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Now, he's also got a few Leaf autographs that I think were distributed at the National. Those are a very low print run and, and very expensive right now. They're all sticker autos, and he signed all of them pretty small. Uh, Leaf had another pre-order autograph up on their website for $50 that pictures him in a photoshopped pro uniform. And I want to say kudos to Leaf for doing this. You know, they recognize a rookie's hot and they're trying to get something out quick. You know, I came pretty close to grabbing one due to FOMO, 
but the design was bad. You know, even though I want to give them credit for getting a, a something out, uh, I just couldn't do it. The design was bad, so I couldn't bring myself to follow through with that order. Um, he does still have a, a growing amount of licensed college cards. There's the new Immaculate release that I talked about a couple weeks ago. But remember, the relics are all unworn and, and the autos are all stickers. So that's a, uh, a far cry from what the Immaculate College product used to be. So I'm trying to stay away from that. Chronicles Draft came out this week. They pumped that full of familiar brands, but it's still a college product. So, you know, I'm trying to stay away, although I figure I will end up with some of it. Maybe some of the blue parallels like Flux and uh, Optic or Select or whatever else they've got in there. And... Then finally, he does have a handful of licensed pro cards via Panini Instant. There's the Draft Night card, just like Markinen had back in 2017. He's got a, a rookie photo shoot first look card. He's got an NBA debut card, and then another NBA action shot from, from a few nights later. Most of those you can grab in the $10 to $20 range, but I speak from experience when I say, usually by the end of the season when other stuff comes out, the pack-pulled stuff, you'll wish you would have saved your money. So that I'm trying to keep that in mind. I'm trying to use my previous experiences to guide the present. That's always you know, a pretty good thing. History repeats itself. Um, but hey, though, if you do want to buy it, if you're in this situation, you want to get one of those, it's just $10. It's not that big of a deal. But I am trying to kind of be very cautious with my spending here um, because the, you know, the more times you save $10 that you would have spent, you can that accumulates. You, know, you can buy something nice with that later. Um, all right, and then Panini also sold a very small amount of autographs on the website, stickers, mind you, and all of those got snatched up pretty quick. I saw one of them on eBay this past weekend that had a crooked auto, crooked sticker on it, uh, and it sold for $650, which made me scratch my head at first, um, but, you know, I, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone's purchases here. They're probably in the same predicament that I'm in. Now, I got a small taste of this predicament last year with Chris Duarte because he got off to a real hot start, but I kind of knew I had to pace myself and I decided to wait things out until uh, later in the season. So I ended up, I said, you know what? I want a draft night auto. So I bought one. I, I paid too much for it. I've talked about that here, but I'm okay with that. And then I'm still waiting for the end of, of Chris Duarte rookie releases, which is you know kind of strange because now I'm thinking, well, maybe I would just rather buy Matherin stuff. Maybe I'm not going to get much Duarte stuff at all. Now, one thing I did with Duarte, though, that helped in all of this. I saved some of the money that I would have spent. I bought one of the $5 Panini Instant cards, and then I bought a pair of tickets to a Pacers Magic game in Orlando. I made sure they were close to the Pacers Tunnel. So I had to spend a little more than I normally would, but I got down to the tunnel, I took my cards with me, and I got Chris Duarte to sign a couple cards there. Um, I also made some cards for the other guys too, like a Pacers card for Tyrese Halliburton when he didn't have one. You might remember me talking about that. I did an episode on it, but um, it was a lot of fun overall. So I don't regret that. I'm, I'm kind of happy that I took that approach with him. Not sure if I'll be able to take that with Matherin though because there's not a Pacers game in Orlando until January 25th. Um, so in the meantime, I tried something out this past week. Last Thursday, I made a Matherin card on the computer in the style of a next-day auto. Then I had them printed up at Walgreens, and I used my normal process to turn those into cards. And uh, Friday morning, I mailed them to the Pacers, which they were on a road trip then, 
But by the time those showed up in Indy, the team should be getting back. So I don't know if it'll work, but I figure if Ben signs any time in the mail, it's only going to be early in his career. You know, it only cost a few bucks and, and a, you know, an hour or so of my time, so it's worth a shot. But if those come back signed and they look nice, I think that will significantly impact my Matherin strategy going forward. It could end up saving me a lot of money because in that case, I won't be tempted to buy you know, a $50 or a $70 sticker auto with maybe a design or a picture that I don't like. I can wait and save money for a handful of nicer cards later on instead because I will have had that autograph. So who knows? Um, I do think regardless... I'm probably going to start a cheap Matherin binder, even with some of the draft pick stuff, if I can get it really cheap, which is something I haven't done for a rookie since the 2000s. So uh, I am pretty excited about that. There's more cards than ever now. So, um, you know, that should be a lot of fun. All right. Well, there you have it. You know, quick episode today. As you can probably tell, the point of all this wasn't necessarily to present to you a how-to guide when it comes to collecting rookies in 2022 because I don't know. You know, I wish I knew the best approach for sure, but uh, everyone's situation is different. And even for myself, I can only speculate at this point and, and who knows what will happen in the, you know, the manufacturing landscape. So um, just keep that in mind. This is kind of just me narrating my approach and hopefully offering some updates via mail days along the way, hopefully one real soon with that through the mail autograph. But, um, you know, maybe you find yourself in a similar situation right now. I know there are a lot of impressive rookies after these first few weeks. Feel free to reach out to me on social media to let me know. You can find me on Instagram under the handle at Wax Museum Podcast. I'm also on Twitter under at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.